Welcome to Preaching and Preachers, a weekly podcast devoted to those who preach and to the task of preaching itself. I'm your host, Jason Allen, president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Today, I want to welcome Dr. Matthew Harmon to the podcast. Dr. Harmon is professor of New Testament studies at Grace College and Theological Seminary in Winona Lake, Indiana. He also serves on the preaching team at Christ's Covenant Church. Dr. Harmon, welcome to Preaching and Preachers. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you in the studio today. Of course, you are here uh, on campus where you've just preached in chapel, a phenomenal sermon from Genesis chapter 11. And so it's good to have you on campus, good to have you in the Spurgeon Library and in the studio today. And uh, we'll be talking about preaching Philippians. And I look forward to having that conversation with you today. Uh, I guess before we get into that, give us a little bit of an orientation to yourself, what you're teaching these days at Grace and particular interest and uh, life stage and points of interest for you and your family. Absolutely. So uh, my wife, Kate, and I have been married for 22 years. We've got uh, two boys. John is a sophomore in college, and Jake is a junior in high school. Uh, We're a big sports family, basketball season just wrapping up, and so um, it's uh, it's a fun part of our lives that we enjoy outside of uh, other activities. So did you guys watch the final, uh, the national championship game, which was played last night? I guess you were here, so did you watch it? I actually did watch it, and uh, it's it it was uh, it wasn't the most uh, most engaging game because it got out of hand in the second half there. But I always just enjoy watching Villanova play. They they spread the floor really well, and uh, they just have athletes all across the board who can score. It's just a fun brand of basketball. To so watch. so who who were you pulling for? Well, see, I grew up as an Ohio State fan, okay. so I can't even genetically bring myself to root for Michigan in any right. context. So I was pulling for Villanova. I see. I see. I was kind of pulling for Villanova, too. I actually did not watch the whole game. I saw a few bits of it, but I had some other matters to tend to. But sure. I grew up playing sports, played college basketball. And so yeah. March Madness is a fun time of the year. It really is. It is absolutely uh, one of the most compelling sporting events in our culture and uh, just the way it grabs people's attention. That's right. That's right. Well, listen, we're in the studio. We're going to talk about preaching Philippians. And Dr. Harmon, as you know, uh, recently in 2018, I've started doing periodic uh, episodes with individuals who've written a commentary or have particular acumen or or I've done particular research on different books of the Bible. So building out a series of about preaching on different books of the Bible. Now, you have written several commentaries, either have written or are writing. One of those being Philippians. But before we, we get uh, specifically into Philippians, just a reminder to our listeners about other commentaries you've written and kind of your commentary and research interests. Sure. So um, I've written one commentary on Philippians. I've got uh, smaller ones on Second Peter and Jude that are coming out uh, this fall in a series that Crossway is doing called the, uh, the ESV Expositors Bible Commentary Series. And uh, currently working on a Galatians commentary for the Biblical Theology in Christian Proclamation series that uh, Robin Holman does. And I'm also uh, under contract, this is a more long-term project, for both uh, Luke and Acts as well. So very excited about uh, turning my attention to those once uh, I finish up Galatians and can turn the page, so to speak. Well, I have been preaching now nearly twenty years, and uh, man, it's just you can't you know you can't spend enough money on good commentaries. You just can't. And so, thank you for your contribution to the field. Uh, your commentary on Philippians. I'll use this as a segue into the conversation on the book of Philippians. But your commentary on Philippians. Tell us about it, and just maybe how it's unique or different or uh, or similar to other commentaries on Philippians. Sure. 
So I, when I sat down to write that commentary, I wanted to write the kind of commentary that I would use when preparing to preach. And so what I tried to do was write a commentary that worked at the level of engaging the Greek text and dealing with the grammar and the connections, but doing it in a way that wouldn't bog the reader down. So a lot of the more detailed discussions of grammar and such are in the footnotes. The main text tries to focus on tracking the flow of thought as well as um, trying to help the reader understand uh, just the relationship of the different ideas in the text so that they understand what Paul was writing to the Philippians, but then also understand how it fits in the larger uh, biblical theological context of the canon, as well as making connections to uh, contemporary application as well. And one of the things that I really uh, wanted to do and was excited that the publisher agreed to this was at the end of every section, I wrote up a, 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 a set of suggestions for preaching that particular passage. So I would state out what I thought was maybe the, 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 the big idea of the text and then a, potentially a suggested uh, set of main points from the passage, and then two or three paragraphs just kind of walking through uh, suggestions for thinking about application and preaching and that kind of thing to kind of distill what had been talked about in the main section of the commentary into kind of an at-a-glance section to help those who are engaged in teaching God's Word have a sense of what some of the more significant things to focus on might be in, uh, whether it's a sermon, whether it's a Sunday school lesson, a small group Bible study, or whatever context they might be opening God's Word. So you said two things I want to follow up on. First, as relates to Philippians, how is it similar or dissimilar to other Pauline epistles? So Philippians, uh, I think in part because of the... um, the audience, there are fewer uh, direct quotations or citations of the Old Testament. Now, having said that, I think that the Old Testament deeply informs everything Paul's really doing in that in that letter, but it's more under the surface as opposed to direct quotation from particular Old Testament texts. So that's one way that uh, I think Philippians stands out a little bit from some of Paul's other letters. I think another area where it stands out is the the depth of Paul's love and affection for the Philippian church. Not that he didn't love his other congregations to be sure, but there seems to be a deep, genuine warmth that he feels for them and that the Philippians feel for him to the point where uh, he almost singles them out for their generosity in terms of them uh, participating in his ministry both financially and through prayer and encouragement that he doesn't seem to do with other congregations as well. So those are a couple of the distinctives, I think, that make Philippians stand out a little bit. Now, you also mentioned that in your commentary and as it relates to how you engage the book, you, you seek to connect it to broader biblical and theological themes. So so what might some of those connections be that you make in the book of Philippians? Well, I think that one of the primary places that comes out is in uh, the so-called Christ hymn in chapter 2, verses uh, 6 through 11 there, uh, often regarded as kind of the high point of the letter, really one of the, the mountain peaks of New Testament uh, of theology in, in many respects. And so uh, I try to tease out some of the backdrop in terms of the way Paul describes who Christ is there against the backdrop of the suffering servant from Isaiah 53. Uh, also rooting that in just that larger context of how 
Christ is the fulfillment of what Adam never could be. And so rooting that in the sort of biblical theology trajectory that runs from Adam in the garden through uh, through David as uh, God's anointed king, so the Psalm 8 uh, as well, mixture in there, the son of man language in, in, in uh, Daniel 7. So those are areas where I think when you try to situate a passage like that on the map of the biblical revelation, that's where having that larger biblical theological framework can help you uh, help you understand, and then I think help you help those you're teaching how their Bible fits together. And I think that's part of what we as preachers should be doing is modeling how we read the Bible, but also helping our hearers put the pieces of the Bible together into a more coherent structure in their mm. own minds. That's good. Dr. Harmon, let's pause just for a moment for a word of update from Midwestern Seminary. Midwestern Seminary's Doctor of Ministry degree program is your next step in training for local ministry. The Doctor of Ministry program at Midwestern Seminary is designed to equip and train leaders with a commitment to the local church. With multiple emphases available, including counseling, church revitalization, expository preaching, leadership, and missions, among others, your program provides the equipping you need in practical theology for direct church work and ministry leadership. And because all of our doctoral programs are modular, you don't have to leave your current ministry to pursue your degree. For more information, visit mbts.edu today. That's mbts.edu. So we're talking today with Dr. Matthew Harmon, talking about preaching Philippians. And Dr. Harmon, listening to this podcast, most of those are engaged in active ministry, preachers, uh, Bible study leaders, seminary students. And so let me ask you this question to answer what may be on their minds. Uh, Why should pastors preach through Philippians? Well, I think that Philippians... uh, provide some distinct opportunities for the for the preacher and for a local congregation to to work through one is that it enables uh, enables you to deal with the larger issue of how should I order my life as a Christian in this world and so the central command really in Philippians is in 127 where uh, Paul commands the Philippians to uh, live as citizens, essentially, of God's kingdom in a manner worthy of the gospel. And so, you know, we live in a time and and an era where there's so much emphasis on gospel centrality, and that's a great thing. But I think sometimes we may not really understand, what does that mean? What does that actually look like? Well, I think Paul unpacks that in the course of the body of the letter of Philippians so that it's a practical guide to what does it look like to live our lives in a manner that is oriented around, focused on the gospel. Another area, though, I think where it it is really beneficial to work in Philippians, uh, to, to teach in it, to study it, is the, the theme of joy, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. You know, so one of the key themes in, uh, in Philippians is obviously joy and rejoicing. What sometimes can be missed is that Paul is writing this while he is under house arrest. I believe in Rome. Others believe in Ephesus or wherever, but the, the larger point still stands. He's calling believers to rejoice and experience the joy of Christ, even though his outward circumstances are pushing against that hard. And so there are a number of things pressing against him. And even in the midst of that, he says, we can experience joy through our relationship with Christ, even in the midst of that. And I think that's a message that all of us need to hear. 
in our everyday lives, even with different circumstances going on. You know, the, 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 the difficulty of life can vary from person to person, life stage to life stage, but all of us face circumstances where um, our circumstances press against experiencing joy in Christ. And Paul's letter to the Philippians is a rich reminder of it is possible to experience joy even when our circumstances press against it. You know, I have preached or taught through the book of Philippians on two different occasions, and I am reminded even in the course of this conversation how the book is just so eminently preachable. Mm-hmm. And it's a great book in particular if there's a, you're, you're a minister or you're a pastor in a new church setting, and let's say the church has not had previous exposure to expository preaching, yes. and you're trying to build a, uh, an appetite for preaching through the book in the Bible. And it can be a great book to introduce a church to biblical exposition. You know, you can preach through it four chapters. You can do it in a, in a matter of months and uh, and honor the text and really just feed your church. They come back wanting more. I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot more digestible than let's say drop dropping into a uh, you know week by week expository series of the Book of Ezekiel, sure, or Genesis sure. or Matthew, one of the longer books of the Bible. And so, I I just encourage folks if you're trying to cut your teeth in expository preaching, you want to do something that's digestible for your church and manageable for you. Philippians is a great book uh, through which you could preach. Absolutely, and I think that it is uh, just such a rich blend of deep, life-giving theological reflection and yet very practical, how do I put this into action in my everyday life so that I think it provides that that opportunity even to kind of cover bases where some some might be more oriented towards, yeah, feed me the theology and that sort of thing. Others are like, well, I, I like more tangible stuff, and Philippians really hits both of those well. So before preaching through Philippians, any particular concerns or challenges uh, pastors should be aware of? Yeah, so I think that um, I'll make the general statement that in the epistles, one of the challenges is when you get to sections where there's uh, a series of commands and exhortations to, to do certain things or to not do certain things, that it's always important to try to help people connect back to the gospel, even in the midst of a series of don't do this, do this, so that when you when you get to those sections that people see you're not doing this to earn God's favor, you're doing this as a response to what God has already done for you in Christ. Another thing that I think can be helpful when preaching uh, in the epistles and in Philippians as well is that as you get exposed to areas where we fall short in the Christian life, that Philippians provides us with very helpful um, ways to remember that uh, as part of our salvation, it's an ongoing process and that Christ has already accomplished everything necessary for our salvation. And yet, even when we fall short, um, we have the, 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 the robust and rich hope that Christ is the one living in us by His Spirit to empower us to grow in, uh, to grow in obedience. And I think, in particular, Philippians two twelve and thirteen, the classic passage of working out our salvation uh, with fear and trembling, for it's God who is at work in us to both will and to work for His good pleasure. And I think that right there is so life giving to think about. When I don't want to obey, God promises to give me the desire and the power to obey him, even when in a fleshly level, I don't want to obey him. And helping 
uh, people see that reality as they're exposed to Philippians and the rest of the letter, I think can be a really helpful uh, point of application. Good. Very well, very well said. Listen, time is flying by here, but but we have time just for a couple more questions. Sure. Let me ask you this. Uh, what are some recommended resources for preaching through Philippians? Obviously, yeah. you have a commentary out there, and uh, feel free to plug it. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, I wrote uh, a commentary on Philippians in the Mentor series published by Christian Focus that came out in, uh, in 2015 and uh, really uh, tried to, as I interacted with, um, a lot of the different commentaries that are out there to bring in the best of what's available uh, on Philippians. Uh, Gordon Fee is always uh, very stimulating to read, always well worth reading, even when uh, you might disagree with him. Uh, he always raises good, helpful thoughts uh, in terms of processing the text, evaluating things. Um, and for those who have access to, uh, to Greek, in other words, if they've had a little training in the Greek language, um, another tool that can be helpful is um, the, uh, the Exegetical Guide on the New Testament series. There's a book by uh, Joseph Hellerman, which walks through the different, uh, walks through every passage, kind of engages the Greek text to kind of give you a refresher a little bit and to help you really engage at the deeper level uh, on the language on your own. But um, those are some of the, the resources that stand out. Uh, Philippians, for the most part, I think is reasonably well served in terms of commentary. So there are other books in the New Testament that I think maybe not as well served, could use a few more commentaries, but I think Philippians has been been pretty well cared for. So let me give you the final word. What concluding advice to pastors would you give um, that are considering preaching through Philippians? I think that um, the the first thing I'd always want to encourage is to enter into Philippians for themselves and just to live in it, to soak in it for an extended period of time for several weeks, even maybe a couple months in advance of that so that they pick up the cadences and the rhythms and that sort of thing, and they begin to see God at work in their own life as the foundation for them to be able to open Scripture with their people and to be able to show them the beauties of Christ through the letter to the Philippians. Dr. Harmon, thank you for your ministry to us in chapel and today in the studio. Thank you for your commentary on Preaching Philippians and uh, on the conversation today. It's been a joy hosting you on Preaching and Preachers. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Preaching and Preachers. For more information, please visit my website, jasonkallen.com.